Hey guys, it's Dr. Melina here with my new podcast, Practically Healthy by Dr. Melina, where I have amazing guests every week, ranging from experts to doctors to best-selling authors to athletes to trainers to celebrities, and we're going to go over the latest science and what they're doing through their careers, and we're going to talk about what you should do, will do, and can do. Actually, I said that in the wrong order, but that's fine. And practical ways of doing it. So I'm very excited for my guest today. Uh, we go back quite a ways. I was trying to remember when, but um, Jesse Pavelka, I met him, uh, I think, before the biggest. I can't even remember when I met before. you, but yeah, yeah. it was before. Yeah. But so Jesse Pavelka, uh, what do we call you? What is your one tagline? If I'm calling, there's so many things that you are. It's kind of hard to well, put you in a box, but I, I would say father first and foremost. Oh, nice. But, okay. But I think uh, my name is important. Yes. I would say he, the the last thing would be. It's interesting because there's been kind of a weird journey or evolution of of kind of where I've been because I was a trainer. Right. Yes. Started out as a trainer. Now I have a business, and that business works with trainers, works with other professionals, and so I think in in a nutshell, it's person that is of service, you know, really okay. simple, helping like others, that. helping others. Um, and that happens in a variety of ways. But you came to fame because this is Hollywood. Trainer. So you have to, yes. came to fame as a trainer and you did a little stint on The Biggest Loser. I big, did, Big yeah. show. So, um, I, and I think we met after that at the doctors because I remember. Was it after? Maybe, no, it no, before. before. It was before. It was before. It was yeah, because yeah. you yeah. were still really humble and night. No, I'm just kidding. And I lost that. I lost <laughs> that along the way. Totally lost that. And then the next time I saw you, which I think was the Meredith Vieira show. Yep. Remember yep. we did that, and yep. we didn't even know we were both going to be on. And That's they right. like brought us in the green room. I'm like, what are you doing here? Yeah. You know, but so how did let me let's talk. Let's go back to. Baby yeah. Jesse. No, Baby no, Jesse. let's not oh, go back wow. that far. That's, let's yeah, go back. So, some traumas in there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We don't want to open up any there. boxes. But so you you played football in college, right? It, I, I did. I went to college, played a little bit of football, um, and I quit. Um, you know, like a lot of athletes, the game ends, and then all of a sudden, like the game of life is in front of you. And, uh, you know, I had dedicated 16 years of my life to that to that sport. Oh, wow. So it was everything I knew. I, Wait, I, were you from Texas? I was from Texas. Okay, so Texas, yeah. for those South of you who Texas. don't know, like that's everything. Yeah. Football players and cheerleaders. I clearly was not either of those, so yeah. I was pretty much a misfit. But Texas is everything. I mean, football yeah. is everything in Texas. And, and you played soccer. Yes, you thank were, you. You were a star <laughs> soccer player. So... So, you so know, I blew out my knee. I had a career ending, although I did tell Brandy Chastain that, and she's like, I've had seven knee surgeries, and I still won the World Cup twice. And I'm like, okay, well, I went to med school. Does that count for anything? And so, anyways, it, it whatever. Does. To each his own. Well, and I think, I think you know, the transition from, you know, being an athlete to being a civilian, right, and trying to figure it out, that's that's not an easy, easy journey or transition. And, uh, you know, after 16 years dedicating my life to a sport that gave me family, that gave me purpose, that gave me everything I needed to feel whole as a human being. Um, when that was gone, it was like, okay, what am I going to do? Um, I loved exercise. I loved being able to become bigger, stronger, faster in football. You had to, especially if you wanted to go pro. And my intention initially was I'm going to go pro. Right. Um, it was just something that I dreamt of as a small kid. So that dream was over. Um, so I had to really anchor myself to the things that really brought me, um, brought me a sense of purpose, uh, you know, a sense of uh, some energy of some kind. And so I got into training at a young age. Um, I saw the potential in it from a financial perspective, right? A college student making 
you know, $50 an hour at the time, that's not too bad. Right? Yeah, that's this right. Is, this is early 2000. So, um, so I became a trainer and, uh, and my journey began there. Uh, my career started there in the early 2000s. This was right before the obesity epidemic became mainstream, right? We knew that weight loss was a thing. It had been a thing for decades, but obesity right. was a growing, growing issue in the world. Yeah, that's actually when I started was about 2000, uh, 2001 was yeah. when I really kind of started getting interested in it. And it was on my radar. And Medicine took a while after that. I mean, I, I think maybe just in the yeah. last five years, but yeah, that was uh, that yeah. was when I started kind of doubling down with nutrition after med school. Well, and, and I think you know you, you get into your your trade, your craft, um, because there's something that's calling you to it, right? And then you realize that you can specialize. And uh, and I think for me as a trainer, I went from being like a human calculator, you know, counting reps and you know having a social hour with people that just felt a bit lonely or just wanted to have a good time to then transitioning to helping people that needed to live, right? People that were in those kind of do or die situations. And that for me was where I reconnected with purpose, that same feeling that I got when I was an athlete in sports, right? There was real, um, there was something really meaningful about my job at that point. And How so, did that happen? Because the people, you know, you go on a path in yeah. life. And I feel like it's a, it's a, for me, it's, you know, the people are saying, oh, you're lucky or timing or like, for me, a lot of it has just been, open to the experience and then recognizing them when they're there. Cause I had that same aha yeah. moment with weight loss and nutrition in medicine, which is not taught in medicine. So how did that right. happen that you, you got that specialty? And then I assume that's what led to the biggest loser because that's kind of an extreme yeah. population. It, it initially started out as um, being open, listening, what's going on in the world. And, uh, and then uh, there were a couple of clients that said, why don't you, why don't you specialize? And, and, I had another, I had a business partner at the time. We were like, yeah, let's do that. And so um, we started to work with a group of people. They had, it, it was it was like an Overeaters Anonymous group. And um, and we would go there and we would sit down and we were, listen, we were invited into this group. Uh, and it was really interesting, right? I walked in the door, I remember the first day and everybody was hugging. It was, it was like, I didn't know what I was walking into. But then all of a sudden people sat down and the, the, the chairs were like in the shape of a horseshoe, I think. And um and people started to share, right? They started to talk about, not about weight loss, but about life in, in these really kind of, well, in these very raw, real ways. And you saw a lot of emotion in the room. People were crying. People were laughing. They were continuing to kind of connect and hug each other. And uh, and it was very very weird at the time. But I think for me, at the, just kind of being in that, in that room and sitting down and listening and learning from what it really took to transform not just your body, but your life, that that was kind of where I began to get really excited and curious about what this thing called weight loss could look like. Um, and it actually became something that I needed. Um, you know, the, in, in my early 20s specifically, I, I, uh, I was one of those that was kind of a loose cannon. I was all over the place. I was drinking a lot. I was I was not someone that, that had a very good routine or a very good understanding of where I was going. Um, it sounds and, like most and, people are doing COVID, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, and, kind of and, back, go for a circle, but. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people in that position where it's like you're just trying to find that thing, but you're also caught up in this cycle where you're, you're, you're also avoiding life in some way. And I was doing that. And it wasn't really until I started to work with these people that, that I found some kind of relief. And, and I think what it was was, I was getting outside of myself, out of my own head, out of my own struggles, and and able to kind of look at other people and help other people, uh, while also getting something from them. And so I really learned the power of service in those rooms and and in my early days as a trainer. 
um, I was getting just as much as I was giving. And, uh, and that exchange, that, that connection and that, that, that ability to kind of give and take um, was really what kind of kept me going with, with the work that I was doing. I think that, that's, I feel, I feel so much the same way about what I do, like what you say really resonates with me because I'm, and you know, I've talked about this to other guests and in my life in general, but I really feel the happiest when I'm giving back. If yeah. I could do everything in my life for free and use all the nutrition knowledge and, and weight loss knowledge that I've, you know, had over the past 21 years and just give it all away, yeah. I, I would in a heartbeat. I mean, I, my kids would not go to school. That's, but it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's an interesting, so, so that's interesting because you, you, so you come to LA when? Uh, I come to LA in 2007, 2000, the end of the beginning of 2008. And what, what brought you to LA? I, um, I, uh, it was funny. I, I, I wanted to, I knew that I could continue to be a trainer and do what I was doing. And I wanted to be able to do it on a larger scale. I, you know, this thing called the internet was obviously up and running and doing its thing. And websites were a thing that, that, you know, allowed you to scale and really promote your business to the masses. And so I just, in, in my head, you know, leading up to that time, I had done, done a lot of work in kind of the fitness space. You know, I was in, in, in the magazines, doing workouts, giving nutritional advice. And so I built a little bit of a profile for myself. And I knew if I wanted to take it to the next level, then I needed to be where things were happening. Mm. And so that was a part of me coming out here. The other part was just getting away from what was familiar, just doing something different. There was an adventurous side of me that, that needed to, to be explored. And so, um, and so I just went for it. It felt like a bit of a cliff dive, but with, with some intention. And uh, it was funny. I said, I'm moving to L.A. Well, the first six months, I found myself in Long Beach because Long Beach and L.A. are not the same place. So nope, I was like, nope, no disrespect to Long minutes. Beach. I have good friends who grew up there. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, and, and uh, I came here and, and I quickly I was working with a client that I actually had that I, that I established in the mid 2000s, around 2004. And I ended up traveling with him across the country and uh, doing his meal plan and, and supporting him. And that happened the first six to 12 months I was uh, was in L.A. And then I finally put some roots in the ground. And I got the first show, uh, Diet Tribe, in 2009. Oh, what show was that? That was on Lifetime. Okay. It was Diet Tribe. We did two seasons, and it was a show about friends mm. and using your network, right, the people in your world that, you know, by all intents and purposes, are, are supposed to support you and love you and encourage you. Using that network of friends uh, as an accountability tool to um, lose weight, uh, to stay committed to maybe some goals that you've created for yourself. The, the, the challenge was we found groups of people, a group of five people, who weren't necessarily supporting positive behaviors or positive change in each other's <laughs> life, right? So, so the idea was to change the dynamic. Let's introduce, right. let's, let's introduce a plan, um, a, a whole life plan around nutrition, uh, around exercise, but also around you know, positive reinforcement, positive psychology, to um, to see what kind of transformations we could create. Right, and, and that was over a three month journey. It was a fun show. It yeah. was a lifetime. I was the only male on the show, and uh, and it was great experience for me. Yeah, that's great cool. Experience. So then that led to the. It's interesting because that that does sound kind of like a holistic approach, which is more in line with what you do now, and we'll talk about that shortly. But and then you land on the Biggest Loser. So. We, we can talk just briefly, but because obviously everybody knows this show. Yeah. Uh, you were, how was, how did you find your experience with that? 
Um, you know, it was, I did another show before The Biggest Loser, which was in the UK, and that show was an observational documentary. We did two seasons on that, and it was a very hard-hitting um, docu-series on, on obesity and, and, and the true weight of it, right? It wasn't just like, hey, let's lose a lot of weight and, and put people inside of this kind of um, vacuum or in this kind of scenario where they, they aren't exposed to their real environment. Um, this show was about keeping the people where they are, right? Uh, meeting them where they are, and working with what we have. Um, I learned a lot from that show. Uh, I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about um, what it really takes to, to uh, I wouldn't say win the game of obesity. You can't. I no, mean, it's, it's, you can't. It's management, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I learned a lot from my clients at the time, um, and, uh, and, and it kind of put me in this place where um, I, I started to kind of open up space for uh, what success might look like beyond the scales uh, in, a, in, in a more meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And so that show um, gave me a lot. I took what I had learned from that show and tried to transfer it into The Biggest Loser. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't the right place for that. You right. know, uh, the Biggest Loser was about showing how, 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 um, how powerful the human spirit is. And, and I mean that from a, I'm talking about willpower. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and the interesting thing is when we look in the real world, willpower does not get you there. Right. You know, white knuckling, you know, disease, whether it's obesity or food addiction or alcoholism or you know, drug addiction, you can't white knuckle those things. There's something bigger than you that has to be put in place. And so I think what Biggest Loser gave you was how far we can push ourselves. And that's, right. that's aspirational. That's yeah. a beautiful thing to be able to see and witness. But the journey continued in the game of life. Right. Um, there's a lot more that we have to factor into this. And, uh, and, and I think that the, the show wasn't necessarily able to bridge that gap between uh, what, what the human spirit and will is able to do and what is required to sustain those efforts in, in the wider world. Yeah, I think that's, that's the problem with, you know, television in general with that, because you know, at the end of the day, unless it's a docu-series, it's really about entertainment, even for a docu-series. So there has to be that component of it. And the dirty, nitty-gritty, behind-the-scenes, what it takes to actually, especially when you lose large amounts of weight like that, because there's a lot of subsequent scientific studies that have shown that they actually have a prolonged drop in their metabolism beyond, you know, adaptive... Right, adaptive thermogenesis. That There's actually, you know, it, it... there is there are long term consequences to that, and and it is an ongoing battle, and it's not pretty, and it's all it's not always a win. Every day is not a win, you know. Yeah. And and there's so you know it does. As I hear you talk more and more, I I, I understand why maybe it wasn't the best fit for you. You just you seem to have gone into it with the un, the broader understanding, yeah. and then to have that kind of not really be what you do must have been not quite as gratifying, even though obviously the exposure was great. And, you know, there's, yeah. it's a, you know, it was a hit show. I th- well, and I think there's definitely, I don't regret any of it. And, and um, it taught me a lot. And I got to work with some incredible people. Like, you know, when, when you think about working with NBC, working with a production company that was, that was behind it as well, you learn so much from those people. There's some really talented people, but also the other trainers on the show. It was just really great to, to create those relationships and, uh, and learn from them. Um, but you're right. Like, I, I think that there was an element of it. It ticked a box definitely for me personally. Um, but I wasn't, I, I wasn't able to, because the, the show d- 
didn't have a format that allowed it, bring maybe the other parts of me or, or what I believe is important into it in, in a really meaningful and impactful way. Um, so, you know, that, that, that was one of the things on reflection that I did notice. Right. Um, no, it makes sense now. It's, it's so clear to me, you know, now in talking, I mean, we, we've talked a lot at, over the years, but, it, you know, hearing kind of your evolution, <clears throat> I, I understand. So let's, let's move on to kind of, you know, what you transitioned to, because I, you know, we had the, you know, it was fun working with you yeah, on your yeah. book, the program. We worked on the nutrition, but I love this idea, like the tenets of, of what you are now, Jesse Pavelka, with the eat, sweat, think, and connect. So yeah. talk me through, I mean, so how did you get there? It seems like that was always there, but how did that kind of solidify for you into, into something? It's so elegant, but on the money, like simple, yeah. but true. Yeah, so in 20, um, 2012, I think it was, um, you know, there, there was the way that I was working with people, and then there was giving language to the way that I was working with people. And, and I think that that was something that I hadn't achieved yet. So in 2012, um, I started to think about, okay, how do we, how do we um, simplify or, or create a little bit more focus in the way that I'm working with an individual? And it started out, funnily enough, as, as four different elements. It was movement, food, mind, power, and family. Yeah, that's not that's, quite as no, catchy. No, it's not as catchy. It's, it's a little it bit a little of, yeah. too out of, hard to, hard I, to, hard I, I, to sink your teeth It doesn't roll into. off the tongue. It, it doesn't. Does, yeah, it's, no. not, it's not like Instagram, where, you know, Instagram or Twitter worthy. I mean, we have yeah, to be yeah. like that. Or to, TikTok to be now. Punchy. Sorry, I'm aging myself. Well, and that, it, and that was the reason that, that it changed. So um, at first, so when I started working in the UK with my business partner in 2013, I introduced those elements, movement, food, mind, power, and family, uh, into, into uh, the work that we were doing. And uh, we started out doing um, uh, workshops with groups of 10, very small, all across the UK. It was, it was insane. We were in this really small car driving from place to place, doing these, these one-day workshops. It was 12-hour days. But it was really, it was really um, it was a special time because we were able to see the elements um, come to life in, in, a, in, a, in a kind of cooperative collective experience and see people connect and engage. And initially what, what we thought was, okay, there's going to be people that show up in the rooms that need to lose a significant amount of weight. Um, and that was the assumption. Uh, but whenever we got into the work and we started selling tickets to these events, um, people from all different walks of life, all different shapes and sizes were coming into the room saying that they needed help. And so it was really great to experience that, right? So, you know, whether you're the person over here that needs to lose 200 pounds, you're super morbidly obese, or you're the person over here carrying 200 pounds of emotional weight, like we all have this shared desire to, uh, you know, to transform, right? to, 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 to become something different. And uh, the elements were essentially the focus of, of, or the roadmap or the guide for those individuals. And, you know, we were talking before we clicked record on this, and uh, it was around, you know, it's not one size fits all, it's, it's one size fits one. The elements are non-prescriptive. It's really about the individual identifying what they can do given the, the variables that they have to work with each and every day just to show up and be a baseline. This is not, it's not a program that, you know, you do for six weeks. It's really about ownership and sitting down, looking at those four areas of your life, eat, sweat, think, and connect. Um, previously, movement, food, mind, power. <laughs> Try to uh, say that and, 10 and, times And, fast, and, and really, really being bold enough to take some ownership and, and, and figure out what behaviors you're going to own and put in place each and every day in those four areas of your life. And, and what that creates is a holistic style of living, 
Um, and, and the other thing about the elements is they're inclusive. They bring people together. You can celebrate culture. You can celebrate differences, but you can come together with the elements. And that was the that was one of the, the beauties of the, the different workshops that we did. We created community in a way that we, we didn't even realize was going to happen. Well, that's the connect, right? I mean, it that's, is, yeah. And, and that, that element in itself is the most important. Um, and the complex. It seems like it's multifaceted, too, but I want to hear what you say first. Yeah, so, I, so like, you know, we look at connection in – well, we'll say f- there's four different ways, but I'm going to narrow it down to three. You've got connection to yourself, right, which happens whenever whenever we're eating the food that allows us to feel good, that's healing the body, that nourishes the body, the mind. Like, you don't regret that. You feel like the relationship with yourself through the food that you eat is good. Same thing with exercise, right? Whether you go for a 10-minute walk between meetings or you're training for a triathlon or going to the gym and doing your 45-minute, your you know, resistance training session – you feel good about that. The relationship with yourself is is good. And the same thing when you have those moments of stress and overwhelm, whenever you engage in, you know, some, some mindfulness meditation or you write something down, a positive affirmation, you feel good about yourself. So, right. so the first point of connection for the connect element is connection to the self, right? Doing the things that you have committed to and identified that you own um, that allow you to get back to yourself each and every day. And they're empowering, too. I think one of the things that I'm hearing from you, too, is is being able to, you know, it, it may not be perfect, but being able to, whatever this means to you, eating better, sweating more, you know, think that to succeed in that is empowering. And I yeah. always, you know, patients come into me and they always want to focus on what they did wrong. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. I want it, I want you to sit down and tell me what you did right first and you know to yeah. to feed off that no pun intended. So connecting yeah. to yourself, I love. Yeah, and and you know the 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 other thing to remember is like I think one of our curses as human beings is like we strive for more, we strive for excellence. And I think there's this kind of in Buddhism right they talk about the middle way, right? There's there's okkayness, right? There's this kind of middle way that that I think we can achieve. Even I'm not when familiar it comes to with food. the middle way. I'm sorry. No, no, it's a thing. no it's a I know, but that's, but it's like this, right? right. Practically, Practically healthy, right. right? It's not right. You know, you don't have to run a triathlon or do a triathlon. You can just show up and do that 10 minute walk and that can be good enough. Right. right. And I think the real magic is making, ma- allowing yourself to sit with it and appreciate even those small things that you do. Um, I think the hard thing for people is, is uh, allowing yourself to appreciate those small, subtle things that you do each and every and being in the middle, it would be, you know, I, I guess there are things that I accept of myself as being middle. I mean, yeah. even being an ultra competitive person, yeah. especially when it comes to food, people assume that I'm perfect. I am far from it, but there's a lot of things that I do well, yeah. and I'm okay with being, you know, yeah, yeah, 70% healthy, practically healthy. Practically healthy. I mean, yeah, pretty I mean, much there. Pretty, right? yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, okay. So connecting so, to yourself. So connecting to yourself, and then you have connection to an individual, another person, or a group, right? And and I think that there's a duty of care when we get things right for ourselves to get outside of ourselves and help other people. And so the connection to another group, a, a, an individual or a group, it could be your your husband, your wife, your friend, a colleague, or a community of people is to be able to share some of the magic that you give back to yourself. And that could be just as simple as, you know, asking people how they are, getting to know them a bit more, establishing meaningful connections and relationships um, through service. Um, And and so whenever we look at community, if we're working with someone, it's about getting it right for yourself and and paying it forward, right? Um, Our new vision, we just launched a vision uh, within our team internally, a new vision, and uh, it's off the back of, a funny video that my business partner sent me back in 2015. It was Christmas time, and uh, we, we had just finished a tour where we were doing seminars and, and, and uh, helping people, being of service. 
And this video was of her on her couch. She had just woken up. It was like 5 a.m. And uh, she was like, okay, guys, I just want to share something with you. I was inspired. And, uh, you know, when we work with people, um, it's not about the weight loss because it's not. It's not about what shows up on, on the scale. There's something else. She goes, it's, it's like we light them up. And she turned the phone and she put it towards the Christmas tree lights. And I was like, this is super cheesy. Like, come on. Um, as we were sitting down and, and building our new strategy for the business going forward, that, that video came to my mind. And, and I think the, the real transformation that we create is we, we light people up. And, and, and there's something that changes in them that you can't necessarily put your finger on. It's a confidence. It's, it's having a smile on your face, you know, in those moments where you were slouching. It's walking in a room and, you know, making eye contact. And, and I like to think that that's what we create for people, those subtle changes that mean more than a pound on a scale. And when you, when you have those changes and you recognize them, you're able to have impact in the world, whether it's in your family or in communities around you. And that's connection to a group or, or another person. It's, it's, it's being able to share some of the magic that you're giving to yourself with, with the world. I think that's super cool. As you were saying it, though, I was thinking, yeah, lighting up sounds like a little too Pollyanna and cheesy to me, but not to but. It, an even more descriptive word in my mind is like you ignite people yeah, like yeah. you you are really like lighting the spark for them to be their best self i think that i mean it's it's yeah. a cool concept but and it's funny that you say too you know just just listening to somebody because i interviewed you know gretchen rubin who wrote the happiness project and yeah. she's like sometimes just listening to somebody and letting them be unhappy yeah to you express unhappiness is the best thing that you can do yeah. for your own happiness. And I think, you know, we live in this world like Instagram filters and everything. Everybody looks like they're so happy all the time. And it's like, yeah. you're almost, you know, I, I, I admit not a lot of people know how unhappy I get. Yeah. My husband do, but to a lot of friends, like we feel like we have to show this facade to the world where we're always happy and having the best time. Yeah. But it's okay to, you know, listen and let somebody, that's even a better gift because yeah, well, everybody knows when you're happy. It's all and, over Instagram. You know? and, and I think that's the big reveal for, for all of us is like, you know, we talk about the, the importance of service and the impact that it has on you and, and on the person that you're of service to. But we don't ever think that whenever we're expressing a vulnerability, like I, I don't have this right now, like I'm really struggling. Like when you express that, you're being of service, right? You are gifting something to the world. That is, that is extremely powerful, even more important than the person that comes up to you and say, hey, are you okay? Like that, that to me is, and, and owning that and looking at that as a position of power, I think is a real, is the reveal for a lot of people. Um, so when I say, you know, connection to a group or another person and, and, and being of service, that doesn't mean that you're on your A game. That can mean that you're on your D game, right? right. And, uh, and you're just expressing a vulnerability. Um, I think it's just as important, if not more, to be able to, to own that and, and be able to express that. Um, so yeah, so, so the paying it forward piece is really important because it, it holds you accountable, right? When you look at like fellowship programs, 12 step programs, there's the sobriety piece, right? Consecutive days and working the steps, but then there's this point in your journey where it's about helping others in need. It's about sharing your story. And, and, you know, when we look at eat, sweat, think and connect, the journey continued is it's about getting it right for yourself, whether that's a streak of days where you're doing it right or, um, you know, a certain weight that you want to do achieve. 
um, or hitting your macros, whatever the heck you want it to be, or doing a triathlon. Or we, leafy greens, like we talked about greens. that, right, yeah. in the book. I remember that. Now it's yeah. all coming back to me. And, and, but then, it's, then it, is, it is about paying it forward, and in that is, is, um, is where we sustain our efforts, right? A diet doesn't work. It's, it's, it's the lifestyle that we build around it. And so let me get, I'm going to guess the last connection to nature. Is that to nature? Did I get it? It's part of it. Okay. I, so here's the deal. Like uh, it's connection to something greater than you. And mm-hmm. I would argue that service is bigger than you. You're outside of yourself and you're, you're, you're helping another in need. So you, you could almost label that as something greater than you, depending on who you are. Um, but when we look at something greater than ourselves, yes, it could be religion if you want it to, but it's not, it doesn't have to be. It could be spirituality. It could be a walk in nature. Uh, it could be, you know, the love that you have for your children or your partner, right? Anchoring to these things in those moments where, where you know, we might be experiencing struggle, um, you know, where, where we're not at our best, uh, it, it allows us to put things into perspective, right? It gets rid of the heaviness of, of life in those moments. But not all of us get to that place. Some of us aren't, you know, we, we aren't programmed to, to experience something greater than ourselves. We're practical, we're logical, and that's right. fine. It works so for some people. we're not practical. For, no, I'm just we're, kidding. Well, yeah. you know. But no, I, I, I really, I, I love that, that concept of, of, and I love the flexibility of it. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and I love the idea of anchoring um, because it, it is, it, it, and there's a lot of research showing this. Wherever, be, I am, I'm not a religious person. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm probably not even that spiritual. I do kind of believe in a higher power when things happen, but, you know, uh, anchoring for me certainly is my family, but also for me, it very much is nature and being out, you know, in, and it was so interesting because my son was asked to give a presentation in, at his school. And he talked about a situation. He said, you know, being in nature with my family over the summer is where I feel the happiest because I can shut out the rest wow. of the world and just get to know my family and I'm not judged. And he's like, you know, he's 11 wow. and he's saying yeah. this in front of the entire school. And I'm like, <laughs> you're crying. Why? Yeah. I'm like, why? I mean, but to have that wisdom. But for me, I'm like, oh my God, he, that's, it's, it's amazing too. When it's like that for your child. Cause I feel the same way. Like when we're, I'm hiking with my family in nature yeah. or skiing, I mean, like nothing else matters. It's one of the few times that yeah. my, well, I'm a little competitive with the skiing, but you know, it's one of the few times that my brain yeah. actually shuts off and I can forget about all of this stuff. So I, it, I love it, that. Yeah. And I love that you can make it your own because like with everything, there really is no one size fits all. So yeah. it's going to mean something different to. Yeah. And, and, and I think look, people, people, we've been telling people what to do for a long time mm. in, in the weight loss game, mm-hmm. in, the, in the game of health. And, and we, we've seen them where that's gotten us. And I think that, I think people want to own it. They just don't know how. And, you know, I think, I think what, what the elements do is it gives them a starting point. Yeah. Um, and that ownership, I think, is something that obviously creates buy-in. I don't like being told what to do. I don't know about you. And no, nope, I'm not, not very, very good, good at it. I'm not nope. very good at following instructions. Nope, but, nope, nope. you know, if you empower me, if you, if you give me some parameters, like, I'll, uh, I'll do some incredible things. And yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there that just need some parameters and, uh, Give them that. Give them some focus, and they start to define the way forward for themselves. There's you know, some incredible things that they can do as well. Yeah, no, I love that. So let's talk a little bit. Let's let's kind of end with 
You're, you're doing some really where your main efforts now are in the corporate space. Like, yeah. so how did that happen and what does that look like? Because it, it makes perfect sense to me because, uh, you know, on an individual level, you can only do so much and yeah. people spend so much of their time in the workplace. So how did that how did that journey start and what's that look like for you now? Yeah. So, so um, like I said, in 2013, we launched the business and we were doing workshops, seminars, uh, various events, but we also created an online community called the Pavelka House, uh, where we were able to bring everybody together. And, and like I said, you know, we initially thought it was going to be about weight loss. Well, this online community opened up conversation and it was, it was really incredible to see different people, different walks of life, different cultures come together and have a, a conversation about health and wellness, giving them the focus of the elements. Um, we did that for uh, about three years. Uh, we ran the community. We did the live events. Uh, someone attended our events and then saw my show, and um, uh, they worked within an organization. And we weren't even thinking B2B at the time. Um, but they came to us, and they said, hey, we'd love to do some work with Jesse and you know, maybe get to know your business a little bit more. So we came in and started working with Cisco Systems on a, uh, on a pilot uh, program. Uh, we started out for six months. We introduced an online community, and we shared the elements with the organization in the UK. After the first six months, it, it blew up. We started. We traveled to I think, gosh, it was thirty-three different countries. Wow! In in the span of two years, uh, we launched an APJC or APAC, which is uh, our, our team there is in Singapore, based out of Singapore. We support them there, and then we launched launched in LATAM and Canada as well. So. It grew quick from 2015 to today to a, almost a fully global initiative with Cisco Systems, which allowed us to really look at what this this thing called well-being and, and how we delivered it could look like in in that in that space in that B2B space. Uh, so now we've been going for six years with Cisco. Um, it's been it's been incredible because I am not corporate by any means. I grew up my mom single mom she she's she she was corporate. And, uh, and, I, and I learned a lot from her and, and, uh, and what that meant culturally for her and also what it meant for us at home. And um, I was exposed to the impact of having a parent that, that works in that space, but I had never really, I don't like being told what to do. Yeah, right? no, so I, I've I never been I didn't in a want to go in that either. <laughs> I didn't want to go in that space. So, so it was a real learning opportunity for me in the early days. And, and then what we figured out was how to really deliver Eat, Sweat, Think, and Connect strategically within organizations. And uh, it was about giving the leaders the, uh, the resources that they needed to be able to share it within their teams, but also empowering the individuals in teams, maybe at the bottom, to sustain through you know, live events and other resources mm -hmm. that kind of bridges that gap from leader to individual contributor within a team. And, uh, and what I love about it is similar to you know, how, how the elements work, where it's non-prescriptive, it just allowed an organization to kind of create well-being in their own way. So you have these, these subcultures with the elements infused in a team that looks totally different from a team across the globe still using the elements, sure. but showing up in a different way that's culturally relevant to that, to that region. So um, we've been doing that for six years. Uh, we've created some incredible tools within the organization we work for and some other organizations that we work for. So we do challenges. Uh, we've got challenge technology. We uh, we run programs as well, um, and then uh, we do live events. Um, and uh, just all of all of you them. You did are, live events. Someday you will again. But <laughs> well, we do them virtually. Yeah, yeah, we right, had to pivot right, right. to virtual yeah, because yeah. of COVID. But uh, 
you know, one thing I've learned in the B2B space is like there is there's no one way to do it, right? For as far as corporate wellness is concerned. You have to have a very holistic approach. The elements themselves are holistic, but how you deliver them also has to be holistic. It can't just be through an app. You've got to have people on the ground that are yeah, keeping the conversation for sure. alive. Personal connection. Yeah. So and, do you work with <clears throat> all different size companies now or how does this work? You can go at like what it yeah. just anybody who wants it. So this is under the wellness uh, umbrella yeah, for, for yeah, a company. Exactly. So it would be labeled as corporate wellness, not not the kind of health uh, disease, disease prevention or anything like that. It's more right. it's more just corporate wellness. So I think there's a new branch that's been birthed because of COVID, which is well-being. Yeah. And uh, and you're seeing a lot of global well-being leaders and and, and, and everything surface from uh, because of COVID. And so um, we work with multinational organizations. We've got team across the globe. We've got team in Singapore, in the U.S., and in the U.K. And so we can deliver in multiple languages. That's cool. Can, yeah, and... Uh, and we kind of scale up or scale down depending on what the needs are. Uh, everything that we do kind of starts with a conversation and we get to know the lay of the land. We ask the right questions, where the pain points are, and then we create a bespoke solution based on what the, the answers to those questions are. Um, so do they do um, push-up contests with you like I, I win did? Every time. Every- <laughs> I win every time. <laughs> That's why you're like secretly, we just, for those of you who don't, well, nobody knows, but we did a push-up contest before this and Jesse kicked my butt. But I know we had a I, 20 to yours. Oh, we had a 20 because I have, to do, knuckle, like, I have to do it on my arthritic that hands. Impressive. That Yeah, that's taken some, du- because I love push-ups. I, th- yeah. I think they're like <clears> the best. I'm so... I, I love working out. Like I'm one of the, it's very hard for me when patients say, oh, I can't stand to exercise because yeah. I love it so yeah. much, but I don't have a lot of time, you know? So push-ups for me, you know, chat, well, I'm not telling you this, but chest, biceps, triceps, back. Like, I feel like yeah. I'm actually doing something. You like something. to feel strong. I like, to, like feel to feel strong. strong. Yeah. yeah. I like, nothing wrong like with that. I love, I don't want skinny arms. I want like Michelle Obama, like ripped arms. I want my deltoids to show. I think you're doing show. a good like, job. Like, thank I you. I appreciate that. Um, well, this is, this has been, it's really, I mean, I, you know, we've, we go way back. We've yeah, had, you yeah. know, kids birthday parties together over the years, but I don't think we've ever had like a real one on that without, no, you no, know, well, we, a yeah, bunch of TV cameras or children running around. Like yeah. there's no, been no kind of in between. So yeah. it's been, it's been really interesting. And I, I, I really love these, uh, the, the simplified version of your elements. I yeah, like the, yeah, uh, the I think it yeah, yeah. It, well, it, it was it, a good change. It, it was a that very, happened, that happened. Because of the book. Oh, because of the book. Yeah. yeah. So, with, and with, let's, let's talk briefly about that. So, you, that started all, oh, everything is in the book. Yeah, there it is. Eat, sweat, think, connect in the yeah. book. So, yeah. and uh, yours truly did that. Where's the you eat did. part? I remember you, this you is actually some great, some great content in there. When my, um, when this is when I was really, my journey into spices yep. really started. And yep. I was like, you've got to tell people to eat more spices and beans and yep. leafy greens. And yep. you're like, okay. And yep. now it's, it's such a essential, like part of longevity yeah. too, which is, you know, part of this whole, I mean, one of the things that for me has come to surface with COVID is, and even with all the work that I do is I don't want to help you live longer. I don't want to increase your lifespan necessarily, I want to increase your health span. And that's where the wellness or well-being, I I like, I still like wellness better because well-being has a little bit too much of a frou-frou, like, 
Oh, well, we, we should be, you know, but maybe that's just my we own can, bias. We can agree you can, we can agree Nothing to disagree, but, um, but no, this has been amazing. I'm so grateful to have you on now before your big move, but I hope we get you back to LA. So Definitely. where can people go to learn more about everything that you're doing to cyber stalk you, you know, the usual stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just standard 2021 stuff. I, I would say, so, uh, YouTube, um, I, I've just kind of relaunched, um, a series on YouTube. I haven't done a good job. So there's not a lot of stuff there right now. Meaning, However, mine we did is launch nine, a new mine is series. Mine 2007. Has okay, been so updated, I don't have to so. fill those back. Yeah, yeah okay, no, okay. please don't. We can share our misery. Perfect. Uh, so um, We can connect. We can connect. Oh, yeah. See that? Yeah, I'm already I like how you did everything. that. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so you can go to YouTube. There's a new series that we launched there, which is actually a first step into us getting back to the work. You know, everything that we do in Pavelka is really about human beings. And when you're in the B2B space, you're still helping human beings, but it's, it's got to fit inside of the kind of the corporate context. So um, we launched a series post COVID, just listening to people's stories, right? There's a lot of trauma that's happened because of COVID. And, and so there's a series on YouTube we just launched and you'll be able to hear some real, real people, real stories. Um, and they can get that through your website. They can link you can, to it. You can through. get it through the website. I think. Yeah. Pavelkawellness.com. <laughs> you sound like me. Well, let's talk to Dean. He's head yeah. of marketing. Pavelkawellness.com um, yep. and Instagram. Instagram, Jesse Pavelka. That's easy enough. And same for, for Facebook at Jesse Pavelka. And are you TikToking yet or no? I just downloaded the app. Oh, did you? Maybe oh, I'll good. do my first one today. Oh, we could do the what push-up. Do well, yeah, well, let's do a TikTok after this. So, well, again, you've been listening to Practically Healthy by Dr. Molina. I want to thank my guest, Jesse Pavelka, for being here today. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I want to hear from you. I want to hear questions. I want you to subscribe, obviously, and feedback. And I hope we get to talk again. This was like yeah, yeah, amazing. Definitely. Thank you so thank much. You. It's thank been you. really fun. Practically Healthy by Dr. Molina. Subscribe today.